0: You have entered Kindergeist, a horror podcast for kids and (laughs) ghouls. Bonjour, je m'appelle Zakiya. Je m'appelle Tita
1: Santi. Welcome back to the Kindergeist podcast. If this is your first time, our goal is to create a space for kids to explore horror through fun, inspiring and meaningful dialogue. We exist to help the younger generations embrace themselves for being different break through the stigma that horror isn't for kids, and to make a positive impact on the horror community at large. Today we're going to be talking about uh, Ratatouille and some other topics that kind of correlate with it. But before we get into it, there's a zombie scholarship, and this might sound very interesting. I'm not sure if we might have a link for it.
0: I also put uh, links in the episode notes. Oh, I didn't even know we had that. Yeah, the zombie scholarship is super cool because... It's for young people, you must be at least 14 years of age or older to apply, but you have to answer this prompt. The prompt is, imagine that your high school or college has been overrun with zombies. Your math professor, the cafeteria ladies, and even your best friend have all joined The Walking Dead. Flesh out a plan to avoid the zombies, including where you'll hide and the top five things you bring to stay alive. Um, It has to be 250 words or less, and this is open for any U.S. students to apply for. And it's pretty cool because you get $2,000 towards your college education. Like, I feel like you should apply for it as well, Zakia.
1: I have a lot of, like, scholarships coming because I'm 14 now, so it's like, you know, it's coming in. (laughs) Okay, guys, when this episode releases, uh, Thanksgiving will be past. So I'm curious for everyone, if you guys even want to answer this, you guys can comment it down below. But uh, what is everyone grateful for? What are you grateful for?
0: I feel like we as people tend to only focus on what's not going well. It's always nice to take a pause and like think, oh, there's actually so many things that we are so lucky to have. You know, I've been trying to do this thing lately. Every day I try to name one thing that I'm grateful for currently and in the past and in the future. I think it's just really good to kind of like stay grounded and be like, sometimes life is hard, but at least like we're not sick. And and some hospital bed, (laughs) as I said that, I was like, wait, she is sick actually. (laughs) So at least you're not in the hospital. We'll say that. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. The first thing that comes to mind is thinking about our long relationship together and how much we've done like youtube and like radio show at usc and now we're doing a podcast like i'm really grateful to like see you grow as a creative thank you it's really nice
1: (laughs) it's really nice thank you yeah it's been a a lot a lot of stuff
0: that's very nice but what are you grateful for you don't have to mention me just because I said you.
1: So. Yeah, I wasn't planning. i was just kidding. Okay. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. You, you correlate into like, of course, I'm like thankful for my like family and friends and stuff. I'm thankful for music. Like music is literally in my headphones. Like, uh, guys, I would not be able to like function if it wasn't for music and like writing and books and movies like Harry Potter, like I feel like you and me would not be able to live properly without movies because it's kind of like the way that we function. Like your life, it has to do with like movies and films and stuff. They're just out for for, like entertainment for me, you know. I feel like that's for a lot of – that's like for everybody though. But like, you know, and I'm grateful for food as well.
0: Good point about us being grateful about movies and everything because I feel like without storytelling in general – our humanity wouldn't be able to function because I feel like we need stories to relate to each other and to like make sense of how we live in the world. That even applies to music as well. Music is a really transcendent form of storytelling.
1: For real facts. Okay. <laughs> okay. What do you do on Thanksgiving?
0: I know this is a very big time for you. The macrib comes out Every November. Do you do you and want to fill that, fill them in and what... Like, well, my whole love for it and everything? And what you did. Oh, okay. And why... Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. okay guys, guys, guys.
1: She's named the McCrib Girl, guys. So it's kind of insane.
0: Um, it's a whole long story, but, like, T-L-D-R in 2015, they weren't going to bring back the McCrib, so I had gone and done this whole campaign to, like, have it brought back, and It's just like a really deep part of my family tradition. And I know that sounds insane. Like people who don't know me will hear this. Well, actually, people who do know me will probably hear this and still think it sounds weird, but it's more like it's been a thing that we've done for so many years in my family and is very special for us because I grew up in Germany and the McRib was available there all year round. And my mom uh, worked at McDonald's. And I remember her giving me free macrib. So it is really this whole thing. In our family, the McCrib is like our turkey. So that is what I will be doing is eating Macrib. Woo! Yes. And chicken nuggets. And just like hopefully my stomach won't hurt because it's been acting up lately. Uh-oh. But I am also excited that on Thanksgiving Day, there's this Christmas movie that's coming out called My Southern Family Christmas. I think it's coming out on Hallmark. One of my favorite actors, Bruce Campbell, is going to be in it. So I'm just going to be like watching. I watch anything that he's in. Speaking of McDonald's, I'm kind of disappointed that they didn't tell me they were doing a quote unquote farewell tour. They said they're saying that the sandwich isn't coming back and I'm like, nah, I don't believe that. <laughs> also, they haven't been sending me the gift cards for the free oh, Macribs, remember? Yeah. I usually give them to you guys yeah. and like they haven't been doing it for like the last few years. I'm like, wow, thanks guys. I thought we had something. bra <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when you had your first Macrib?
1: Yeah, it was here, I think. Well my uh my parents' room. And we were all here. Ah, that's good time.
0: I think I have the actual video too. And maybe we could like share it.
1: Those like old memories, like you like I every time that I that you send me like something of like that was before, I don't even remember how tidy I am. I just remember it like through my own eyes. Well probably because it happened through my own eyes. It's super like
0: nice to see.
1: And like remembering how good that era was, like where you didn't really care about anything.
0: Yeah, like you're kind of like free of uh problems right yeah um i think i might see my family
1: to be honest i do a lot of homework because i have a week off woo that's it nothing special at all i'm not i'm not like i'm not like my aunt where i went to the county place and just told up, yo what happened to the big cribs where did they go and i'm not known as the crib girl so i do remember oh Going to that one parking lot, the Cedar Side Eye parking lot. And we were holding up the posters.
0: The music video that you were Yeah, that you were in that we did for the my song McCrib Blues.
1: Yes, yes. Actually yes.
0: I'm gonna link that in the show notes so people can see. <laughs> you you were awesome in that one. Yeah. <laughs> Your whole family was like and Zach was in there. Let me know
1: if you guys can spot me.
0: So I'm like Super excited because first week of December, I'm gonna get to go to this, see the Stanley Hotel with my bestie to see my favorite actor in his film festival. Ooh. So, yeah, it's called Bruce Fest. And what do you know anything about Bruce Campbell? I don't really know if I mentioned him to you.
1: Oh, I just searched him up, it says Evil Dead. Yeah, uh, that he's, that I just assume that you just like oh he's my favorite okay yeah I'm pretty sure she because she watched Evil Dead because I know that because you talk about it
0: he's um most well known for um Evil Dead at least in the horror community uh-huh. but he was also really famous for being in this show called Burn Notice which is like a spy mm. comedy drama series and uh the Adventures of Briscoe County Jr was a which is like a sci fi western interesting um, so yeah he's like a hero to a lot of us <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, i'll let you know how it goes because i'm i have like a bunch of outfits planned and everything
1: oh my gosh you guys guys i feel like we should be more active on our social media account guys okay please let us know if like we should like post stuff like kind of like our day like i was actually planning to like if you wanted to post something like because when we went to the, the wallows concert i was like oh we could have like posted something or like posted a tiktok or something oh I think oh, we should yeah, like, kind of right. be more active on it.
0: Yeah, we should actually. The TikTok idea is good because that one's probably the least active of all.
1: I'm not even active on my TikTok account, so like, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll try harder, guys. Are you ready for the Ratatouille? Okay, so Ratatouille is a Pixar animated film directed by Brad Bird. Um, it won the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature at the 80th Academy Awards and was nominated for four others best original score best sound editing best sound mixing best original original screenplay among tons of other awards and nominees nom- nominations yes nominations yeah uh basically the story is about like this rat and like apparently obviously it's a freaking pixar movie so it obviously talks and <laughs>
0: <sometimes> <laughs> that's a, such go, a hostile description bad
1: well i mean like what do you expect they're not it's not like they're not gonna have it talk do you want to silence this rat i'll give him no rights to talk i'm just kidding (laughs) that just makes me sound like a massage like a ratist no that sounds wrong so um i think he gets flushed the wrong way because they're in like the water thing and then like they get yeah, up. I remember watching this like five hundred times at school because like this is literally the only movie that they ever have for us to watch. And then pull them to a kitchen, or not into a kitchen, but like outside of a kitchen, like next to a sewer. And they seize the kitchen and blah blah blah. And they go inside and it helps the guy cook better. Mind you, he wasn't even a chef before. Like when he when the the rat came into the picture. He was, like, the person who would watch the dishes or, like, take out the trash, you know? But the rat kind of just, like, made him turn into an upgrade and just, like, kind of made his cooking way better because, I, for some reason, the rat is so good at sensing food. Again, it's a freaking Pixar movie. There's obviously something about the rat that's, that they're going to make it interesting.
0: I was very curious as to why you feel like Ratatouille is a horror film, but... When I was watching the movie, I was like, okay, actually, if you watch Ratatouille with the horror genre in mind, there is actually many scenes that I felt like could have been kind of scary or uh, tense. So oh, yeah, why did you choose this as a horror film?
1: So first of all, feminism. Like, there's, there's a lack of, like, if you look at the movie, like, my English teacher, Mr. Johnson... <sighs> Hi Johnson. I know you're gonna be listening to this right now because uh I'd probably let let you know, like, hey, I made a podcast episode. Like <laughs> anyways, so basically it was like the beginning of uh ninth grade year and he was telling us, Oh, so like what are your thoughts on Ratatouille? And he just told us, like, Oh, don't but don't you like see that women are kind of under represented in the film where the woman the only woman in the kitchen is kind of seen to just be the love of his life, you know. They're right. kind of perceived, yeah. Colette, like she's supposed to be, like presumably, like the love of his life, and like only, like that's what the girls are supposed to be, and that's like that's how it's always been. And I feel like in Disney movie, well, I mean, this is not is Disney Pixar. Yes, yeah, it's yes, yes, yes. Raw. Why did I say that? Okay, there's like an ongoing theme. I feel like where the girls are just there for love and that they're not there to be like just a chef or just like the masculine side of things where they're always have to be feminine. Like why couldn't she just be a chef who's successful, you know? Well, she is a successful chef, but why can't she just be like, like a role model in the movie where she's just a chef, maybe being a friend. Does that make sense?
0: Oh yeah. No, that's, I feel like that's one of the weakest parts of the film. I mean, just to say that i I really love this movie, and it's probably because it has a rat in it that has speaking of representation, um I will go into this later, but I love rats, and they're often represented as really icky creatures, so I was excited about a rat being a nice character, like so, but anyway, we're talking about women, not rats um, <laughs> so <laughs> um Colette, yeah, she started as such a awesome and the queen of the kitchen and she even says this to the guy no i'm not here to like babysit you you need to like learn the ropes etc and it was really cool until yeah until that whole thing of when they kissed that outdoor scene when they kissed which actually i remember seeing that scene for the first time and being like wait like was that okay Like, because, (laughs) like, because he just kind of, well, Remy actually forced the guy to kiss Colette. And then so it was like a little weird. At first, I was like, does she consent to this? But yeah, like a sexual assault, but it turned out not to be so that was good. Um, I know, like you said, it's a Disney movie, and they want to have a love story in there. But I wish they did it in a way where it didn't have to like sacrifice the independence of Colette. Yeah, and. That actually brings me to, um, there's this thing called the Bechdel Test, which, have you heard of this? No. Uh, It was created by Alison Bechdel. And it's basically a measure of the misrepresentation of women in like any kind of form of storytelling. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically, like the rules are, um, one, the movie has to have at least two women in it. Two, they need to talk to each other. And three, they need to talk to each other about something other than a man. Mm -hmm. And so if a movie, for example, contains all these three elements, then it passes the vegetal test. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't, you know, it's like misrepresentation of women. So I feel like um, that was like really relevant for this uh, film. It's actually a really low bar too. It's kind of like just have female characters that aren't, at the whim of men <laughs> but it's hard for a lot of writers to kind of deal with that i suppose yeah
1: so like i think this is probably a stretch but i had, I had an assignment for ethnic studies and uh so we do like these things where we write about articles i chose this article where it's about like male interruptance or women not having speaking enough words on tv like on the news it was like males who are talking like would interrupt women more on tv uh for some reason it was like like scientifically shown it was like really interesting like clearly in the movie there's there okay yeah there's like a couple girls but like they're not like the main character or they're not like one almost like one of the main characters you know it's like kind of sad because like uh, why why is there only one girl who's just like there you know
0: Just because of um, just the way that our culture raises girls and women, it's been like a problem for a long time. Like even like the way that we exist in our spaces, there's that thing that people say like men will like sit, like trying to take up as much as space possible. And then women are taught to kind of like squeeze in and not take up any room. Yeah, It's a topic that we could really talk about for hours.
1: That's why I chose it. But okay, there's also other reasons why this movie is horror. (laughs) guys I think it's like being scared of being caught you know that feeling where it's like
0: oh yeah actually that's such a good point I feel like okay
1: guys I'm so sick please just chop my head off okay oh gosh (laughs) so I feel like as we know the rat is hidden under his hat oh bars okay (laughs) anyways the rat is underneath his hat Bro, that sounds so cringy. Okay. I feel like that feeling, knowing that you're doing something, basically lying about your skills, that's scary. Like, that's, like, not good. It's not a good thing, but it's, like, is it really his fault? I think it is. But, like, that poor rat, though. Like, he's so innocent. But, like, honestly, sometimes I just want to, like, smack him. I'm just kidding, guys.
0: Oh, my god! you I want to know. smack... Every time you want to smack Remy,
1: the rat. Well, I don't know. I just sometimes whenever I see like a Disney movie where it's like there's like a small thing that's like so pick I just want to like smack it. Like it's so annoying. Bro. But anyways.
0: Yeah, because it's like maybe it's like frustrating because you want <laughs> he's allowing this. <laughs> he's allowing this man to take all of his credit.
1: Well, he is a rat. So it's like, what can he do? Transform?
0: Like what? Okay. (laughs) But even that makes me think it's kind of an interesting metaphor for, or not metaphor. It's an interesting connection towards that discussion of feminism is like feeling like you can't be proud of the hard work that you're doing. Meanwhile, someone else is just like bragging about the one bare minimum that they did. (laughs)
1: Literally me about my grades, bro. Oh my gosh, okay, let's not talk about grades. But anyways, guys, let's let's save it for our next time. Okay, what do you think?
0: Yeah, so when I was re-watching this, I was uh, looking at it through a lens of it being like, okay, how is this a horror film? And so there was a number of scenes that I felt like were horror. Specifically that rat trap scene when Remy is like on the streets and he sees like a bunch of dead rats and then the lightning goes, Zoosh at the thunder and I'm like oh that was pretty disturbing cuz he basically just looked at a bunch of corpses of himself of his people of his rats that's traumatizing another one was uh during the opening uh the old lady was shooting at him and she was wearing this very like intense gas mask and that felt like almost like a military horror escape scene oh
1: my gosh that part was so cool i feel
0: yeah it was And then, so I had the subtitles on, on that scene. And when his uh, colony is like making a run for it out of the house because they got shot down, um, there's actually some very disturbing dialogue that's happening in the background that the rats are. Like they would just say stuff, like it sounded like really, oh, grab their baby. And like it sounded like very sad like a lot of this dialogue that was thrown in like the mix that you wouldn't really hear but it was like traumatized families oh. trying to escape and i was like wow like i did rats not- families yeah well they're rats yeah <laughs> exactly but they were like di- uh, they were including dialogue in the background that was like very intense Like, they weren't just like, let's run, guys. They were like, oh, my God, we're going to die. Like, I don't know. I don't think they said, oh, my God, we're going to die. But it was, like, similar. Oh, my gosh. Wait. Can I say something
1: real quick? I feel like Disney, like, as we grow up watching Disney, I feel like they make us, like, feel very, like, sensitive about everyone. Like, you're kind of, like, as you – like. Have you not heard about the expression, or not expression? Like, but not have you never heard like whatever? Like you watch, you kind of like that's absorb. what you kind of adapt to. Like that's what I kind absorb. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. I've uh, whatever
1: we watch. As you grew up watching Disney, it's kind of like I don't know. You're like kind of seen Disney princesses where an Asian is dating like Mary's like I don't know. What do you, who is even Asian in the- Oh uh, Mulan. Mulan. Oh, but she doesn't even... But she doesn't date them. That's what we know. She doesn't date them or marry anyone. I think Mulan
0: is the only Asian Disney princess. We're being underrepresented. What the
1: flip? Like, look how many white Disney princesses there are. There's, I mean, there's literally freaking... Ariel, and, like, who else? Beauty and the Beast. Cinderella. Sleeping Beauty, and sleep. Like, there's too many to freaking count. And Rapunzel.
0: No one cares about your freaking long hair. Snow White, with her name White in the name.
1: Literally, bruh. Wait, what were we talking about in the first place? Oh, yeah. So then, like, you know, and then as you get older, you kind of, like, need your environment to kind of be similar to that, as to where, like, where you might see a rat, With a family you're like oh i feel bad for that don't kill it like okay don't kill it but you're not supposed to kill it you're supposed to like leave it alone or whatever or like if you're like trying to look for love or whatever you're like you to that there's gonna be a freaking prince charming down the stairs waiting for you like girl it's not that easy you know it's like there's they set up unrealistic expectations that that's the quote for today
0: that's so true though but I have to say, I do like that it makes people sensitive to rats, if I might be in the unpopular opinion category, but... (laughs) Oh, oh, you're not one of us, I guess. I know um, a lot of people don't like rats. But as far as like other things that were horror, like the whole like sewer scene when he was like, if you're if you have a fear of water, that was a straight up like aquatic horror scene. Oh, yeah. gusto! I was gonna say that one too. Yeah, Gusto is like a ghost. He's literally a supernatural form. Um, even though technically he calls him the figment of his imagination, he's a ghost. Like still. <laughs> so there we go. Also, I was I feel like I, the most tense I got in the film was like when he almost got baked in the oven, like Hansel and Gretel style. I was like, oh, oh no! And style. Some of the uh, dialogue, like, were intense. Like. He says, uh, like, welcome to hell. And and I'd like your heart roasted on a spit, Anton um, Ego said, uh, the food critic, who actually looks very like much like a vampire. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Um, I felt like there was a lot of moments where they toyed with horror elements, but downplayed it in a way where it wouldn't have been rated PG because it's a rated G film because... The scary scenes are even like not as scary as they could have been.
1: Yeah, I feel like a lot of movies could be horror. Like we've always talked about this. Like a lot of movies can be horror. They just like just people just see past them like I, I ever ever since ever since my uh English teacher told us to like look at things from like outside of the box, from a perspective outside, everything will be so different. I'm glad for that advice.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Can we met, can we
1: talk about To Kill a Mockingbird? Okay, guys, we're gonna go back to feminism because, like, I was gonna mention something, but I forgot. I'm reading To Kill a Mockingbird because I'm in ninth grade. Wait, did you read? What did you read To Kill a Mockingbird?
0: Yeah, it was either middle school or high school. It's been a long time since I've read it.
1: I'm reading it now, and I'm almost done with the book. It's very interesting because it's like the fact it kind of correlates with gratitude because the feminism. It's really downplayed. I think. I feel like. Okay, so for what I've read so far, it's about like um, this family who's lives in Macomb County. It's like super racist and like misogynist. Like not good. Let's just say it's not good. Um, and it's like definition of horror or whatever. It's placed like in old times, old timey days, and um, <laughs> well, way way back. Um. And we're taken through through the eyes through Scout and this and through Jeb and this family and just like what they're going through, and it's like a case with a black man who is who is enslaved and a woman who is not rich at all who comes from not a rich family but like a very uh low class family. She accused the black man of rape, so that's the case, and. That's going on right now. But Scout, she's seen as, like, this, like, little girl who has, like, dresses and things like that. But, like, at times, we really find out that she's, like, a tomboy in a way. So I feel like feminism is, like, not seen through through the book at most times. And where it's, like, it's very stereotypical of what, like, women have to be. Like, this was, like, during the Great Depression, too. So it's kind of, like... Um, I feel like the movie kind of correlates with the book. It's because we see the role of Colette be shaped into this, like, stereotypical girl who, like, what she, how she's supposed to be. And in the book, it kind of, like, shows the same way about Scout, where she's supposed to be this stereotypical girl. It's, like, clear that she's, like, not that... So that's that's all I wanted to say. But yeah. Everything about it is sad and horror and like even at the time, like where it, it's taking place, like everything about it is just sad and horror. Okay, but this is not about uh to kill a mocking board. We could talk about board rats. No,
0: but that's so. like yeah, it's a relevant um connection. Since we're talking about representation, I was gonna jump to rats. Of course. It sounds like your team you don't like rats, correct? i
1: don't don't like them it's just like it's their eh
0: wait why are they eh i don't know i've never actually seen a rat before wait you haven't seen a rat in real life
1: no i don't think so
0: oh oh my goodness i really want another pet rat i've had a few pet rats huh ew no well ew they're so cute you know what cute. i want
1: i want a bunny a bunny is cute. Why would you get a rat?
0: But they're cute. They're just like really big mice. Wait, are chinchillas
1: considered rats?
0: Ah, uh, they're kind of related, but they're not rats.
1: Oh, what about hamsters?
0: They're they're part of the rodent family, like hamsters, mice. Oh, they're rats. Oh, okay.
1: That's a rodent. Yes.
0: Yeah, I'm team rodent.
1: Oh, okay. That, okay. You're like okay. What <laughs> <Yeah>, did
0: <laughs> I say to that? This movie did so much for like showing rats in a positive light. In pretty much a majority of like films where they have rats, they're always like a gross plague or they're the villain of like the cute mouse. That's why I thought Ratatouille was really cool to see when it came out. But yeah, that's that's my opinion (laughs) on that subject that nobody really cares about, I think.
1: Maybe not. I'm just kidding. Oh, my gosh. I'm just LOL. I have a question. What, in your, like when you were in high school or whatever, did you have like those bullies, like those stereotypical bullies?
0: Oh, stereotypical bullies. You mean like the way they act in movies? Yeah. I haven't had, thankfully, a huge amount of bullies in my life, but I did have one in middle school, actually, in eighth grade. It was just when I moved to the US from Germany. She was really nice to me when I first arrived and
1: they all are. Then
0: when I yeah, exactly right. When I dyed my hair blue, it's like a switch went off in her brain and she just hated me. Yeah, it was really strange. And but she didn't act like the stereotypical bully where like, like, hey, brace face or like I don't know. Like, <laughs> you know <laughs> Yeah. Like if there's somebody that experienced bullying in that way, I'd like to hear from you because I never mm. met somebody like that. But um it's
1: kind of goofy. I would laugh at you if you're bullying me like that. Like I swear.
0: <laughs> like I'd
1: be like, "Oh my god, your shoes like so weird." I'd be like, "Bro, have you seen your face? <laughs> have I- you seen your outfit? Do you even know who I am? I don't even know your name. Like what?"
0: Yeah, exactly. Like the way that she bullied me was like much more subtle. Like. Yeah, she called me Cookie Monster because I had blue hair, and ah, that's funny. you are laughing at my that trauma. Is funny. No, I'm just you kidding. Be <laughs> <laughs> it's not traumatic for me. It was just like not nice.
1: Well, clearly you remember it, so
0: <laughs> yeah. I think uh, it was a
1: traumatic experience. I, what
0: was her name? Like, oh, I think it was Casey.
1: Poor Casey. Sorry, Casey, if you're listening to this right now.
0: <laughs> Poor Casey. She's the
1: one that bullied me. I wonder what she's doing. I mean, we're talking about her. Like, how many years later? It's been a
0: long time. Yeah, you're right. Talking
1: about like younger times, do you remember when we had like that our YouTube channel?
0: Yeah, Zaki and Tita, of course.
1: What are your thoughts about my cooking? Like, is it edible? Like, was my food edible? Actually,
0: we were really impressed. Like when you had your cooking phase,
1: did you guys underestimate me?
0: (laughs) No, it's not that we underestimated you. It's more like we just didn't know if you would like um, take it seriously, I suppose, but you did at the time. Actually, I think one of our videos, the what is it called? The Filipino hot dog and eggs one. I feel like that one. Yeah, that's our most popular video on there. And it was really cute because you were just like, Ah, it's hot. And like you're like you were like eating it. I was like, wait, we didn't finish doing the video and you were like, I'm hungry. <laughs> it was actually I might play a little sound bite of it.
1: Hi, my name is Akia. And today it's Hot Dogs. Ask a Parent. This is parent super super supervision. So, I don't want you to get hurt. So, just have to slice it so it can look like a real hot dog. Yo, what? I think I was like seven. No? Dang, that was like a long time ago. That was fun times. I honestly liked cooking because of your kitchen. Like, your kitchen is so nice.
0: We were wondering if you'd end up pursuing cooking a lot. But you still bake, actually. You seem to enjoy baking more than cooking.
1: Yeah, I bake a lot. Uh, the reason why I don't really cook that much is because I don't really know, like, I don't, I don't really like the area that I have to cook in. Like, it's hard for me to cook here. I'd rather cook at someone like your house. Like, it would be honestly so much easier for me. And I feel like maybe if like we just had like the kitchen to do it correctly, that I would probably pursue it.
0: And now that you mentioned that, I feel like because cooking is also a, like a art form in itself and you want to have, it sounds like. The right environment and the right tools for you to enjoy... What you're doing. What you're creating. <laughs> right.
1: I agree
0: 100%. I myself do not like cooking at all, but I love eating. But yet, yeah, you're so alert Like, you're allergic to a lot of stuff. It's like, I'm allergic to a lot of fruit, especially. Oh, but I have a question here for you. If Ratatouille were ever made into a live action film, who would be in it? Oh, that's such a good question. Okay. Oh
1: my gosh. It would be so funny if the critique, the the critic was... Robert Pattinson. <laughs> what in the world? But
0: he doesn't look anything like him, right? <laughs> but he can! That's why he's an actor! Anton Ego is like... He looks like this really thin, creepy character. But then Robert Pattinson's all handsome and stuff. And then it's like... It's uh, okay. Do you imagine him like losing a lot of weight for the role? Or like what do you envision him as?
1: I think he just like has to look almost dead. Okay. You know? For the guy... uh
0: Let me look up his name. Just It had a rhyme. Oh, it's Linguini. His name is freaking Linguini? How do you even expect me to remember his name,
1: bruh? Linguini? (laughs) I feel like Linguini would be like... Who's a redhead?
0: Sadie Sink. But she's a girl. Oh, the guy from Harry Potter, Rupert Grint? But he's too nice. I like him. Isn't uh, Linguini supposed to be a nice character?
1: Yeah, but like, I don't really like him. I don't like... Like, every time I watch a movie, I don't like the main characters. You know who should be the rat, though? Taylor Lautner. I'm just kidding. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> the shade. Wait, we should just have the
0: whole cast of Twilight to be on the, the movie. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, like, so if the entire cast of Twilight were in the movie, Anton Ego is Robert Pattinson and Taylor Lautner <gasps> oh! is Remy. And the wolves should be the rats. And then who's the love interest? Who's Colette? Kristen Stewart? Bella, where the hell have you been, Luca? Yes. There you go. That's the live action Ratatouille needs to be greenlit by Zakia. Facts. Someone come and support my movie. I need all of the fundings right now. But actually, did you know there's a Brazilian ripoff of Ratatouille called Ratatouille? Huh? Yeah, just look at it real quick because it's quite, it's something.
1: The most beautiful view in the world, Sugarloaf Mountain, overlooking Rio de Janeiro, where the most famous restaurant belongs to a mouse. Meet Marcel Toyne, proud owner of restaurant Ratatouin. Chef Toing knows the secret of every great what chef. What is this? Eight years ago.
0: How did it look like that? I kind of, I'm very curious
1: about it. Animation so bad. What it's giving it's giving like it's giving like five nights at Freddy's bro. It's giving like what is it called? The the cheese, the checker cheese, the (laughs) the cheese place with the with the pizza and the slides and the
0: Oh Chuck E. Cheese. Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, it's giving Chuck E. Cheese. I feel like Chuck E. Cheese has better animation than this. No. Oh that's so bad. What is that? It looks like a like a really old video game style. It's so funny when like they do these knockoff movies based on successful ones. I feel like it might be so bad that it's good. No. Oh, yeah. Another thing I wanted to bring up was uh, the composer of Ratatouille, uh, Michael Giacchino. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. He's a director now and actually directed this uh, film called Werewolf by Night, which is on Disney+. Plus. It's a Marvel movie. Another interesting little horror tie-in there.
1: Interesting. I would
0: say that's actually a good gateway horror film, too.
1: Yeah. So, like, there's like snippets of like horror, not even like inside the movie, even like the people that created it.
0: Okay. This will be my last question for you. Um, since we've been talking about like feminism and Ratatouille and To Kill a Mockingbird, I'm curious about how did you become exposed to feminism? How did you become exposed to feminism? Was it in school?
1: It was, like, about the news, I feel like. I feel, I think I didn't know what feminism was at first. As you get older, you tend to, like, fight for the things that you realize is not right. I mean, you fight for things that are right, what you think is right or whatever. Um, When I was young, I was like, oh, well, I'm still young, but, you know. Um, I was like, oh, uh, women should be more this, and women should have this, and this, and this, and this, whatever, like basic human rights that everyone should have in general, not just men or certain people of color or like, you know, pop. Um, as I got into that, I kind of like saw on the news, like what's going on. Like, you know, women around the world, like in Europe, uh, I believe I don't want to get this root wrong at all, but like the Middle East, like we know that women experience like tough times, like just everywhere around the world about like, your own bodies and things like that and uh it kind of just like led me like oh feminism like oh basic human rights fighting for like what's right and what you believe in and I feel like feminism is more of like uh not a certain group but it's more of like a community in a way where it's kind of just like something is a part of you anyway of what you believe it's like not a religion necessarily because it's like not like that but something that you would see yourself worth fighting for like black lives matter like or like for example like even like this is just a quick example like at school if you have any clubs and you join a club yeah you feel more included and just feel like more sense of community right so I feel like that's what kind of like feminism is towards me but it also has like a stronger message you kind of like learn more about it in school but that's it
0: How much in school do they actually like uh, bring light to it? Oh, so uh, I'm in ethnic
1: studies, which is uh, they talk about like different cultures and different things that happen in the world and like oppression and like sensitive topics, you know, and also in English, like we talk about, well, not all the time, but it's like here and there or whatever.
0: I didn't realize uh, until I was in my 20s that I was... Pretty much a misogynist until I realized that I that it was wrong. Oh, because um, I realized I had been watching a lot of media and being surrounded by people who would always judge women, and then that started like forming an opinion in my brain. Because I know when I was in the military, I had like this mindset like we would make fun of or we would judge women and it would be like, and I'd be like, oh, I'm not like those women. I I forgot, like there was a certain turning point where I realized that my thinking was really wrong. I don't remember exactly what it was. I think I just started noticing it. There was like a comedy that I was watching and I was like, I do not like this film because it's showing women in a certain way that makes them look stupid. And that's the thing too, like movies had such an influence on me growing up and I watched a lot of comedies that weren't so kind to women. There's a lot of that if you watch the movies from the old timey days yeah <laughs> um you will recognize that the the women characters are really badly written and maybe that was a part of it too like i had i just remember it was like this whole transformation of me growing up and being like really judgmental of women whether that be physically or the way that our relationship oh yeah for the longest time when i was a kid i'd be like oh i don't like being friends with girls because they're too much drama uh-huh. And then I'd be like, "Well, that's not true. Like everybody's full of drama. You just have to like choose the, choose right, the right people." Ones. And yeah, that's just an idea that society created to pin us against each other. So now I'm like very hyper aware, and I wanna like help other women and help young girls and non-binary. Yeah, just basically people who are underrepresented and misrepresented, and just wanna like help each other. Basically, good job
1: oh very good i didn't even know that wow okay guys so this is literally we haven't done this in so long but if you remember if you're an og if you're a day one you'd remember that we do like these like quote of the night things so are you guys ready for this one it's if people make you sick then maybe you should cook them longer (laughs) but uh, shh. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm so grateful if you stuck this long. Please subscribe and add us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. All you have to do is search up Kinder Guys Podcast. And remember your love, your baddie, and remember to always live on the fright
0: side. Oh, and don't forget to read her blog on the website. Oh,
1: yes, please don't forget. Gracias. Bye.